and welcome to Beyond Birth, a podcast about postpartum, motherhood, and a little bit of in-between. I'm your host, Chloe, a marketing professional, content creator, and mum of two. I'm passionate about educating and empowering women about the postpartum periods of their lives, especially for the first time. Knowledge is power, and all women deserve to step into motherhood empowered and confident. Through sharing knowledge and experiences, I hope to impart an understanding of what to expect beyond the birth of your baby. If you know more, you can prepare more. And when you prepare more, you can swim instead of sink in the ocean that is motherhood. I can't wait to share experiences of postpartum, snippets of motherhood, and a little bit of in-between with you each and every week. Let's go. Monday. Welcome back to another week of Beyond Birth. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. I had already recorded this episode, but the audio file decided to crap itself. So here we are on a Monday morning trying to bang something out to go live with. Uh, I had actually sat down with my husband over the weekend and got his thoughts and opinions on being a dad in that fourth trimester and also going from one to two children and what the differences are are and his experiences but um yeah that audio file decided to play buggeries with me so here we are you've just got me today I am hoping to actually get some mums and some women on the podcast just talking about postpartum and interviewing them with about their postpartum experiences because I mean I don't know about you but a lot of the time when I learn something new or I'm looking for help and I don't understand something. It's always other women's wisdom that I tend to turn to the most and other people's experiences that have been through something similar um, that I find reassuring and helpful. And there's little nuggets of wisdom and, and nuggets of knowledge that you can pick up along the way. So I'm hoping by sharing other people's experiences of postpartum we can all come together and and learn something new so if that sounds like something that you'd like to do feel free to shoot me a little message on instagram's probably the quickest way and then we can have a chat and hopefully yeah i can get you on the show and we can chat about your experiences and and all that kind of stuff i suppose if there's any wisdom or any advice i could give to new parents that are thinking how the hell do i get this baby to sleep longer than one hour two hour three hour stretches I think my biggest piece of advice is to just do what feels right to you because what works for one baby and one person might not work for another baby and another person right I've got girlfriends that co-sleep with their babies and they have done for months maybe even over a year and that works perfectly fine for them For me personally, I can't sleep properly if I've got too many people in my bed. And that's just a personal preference, right? For me, I felt comfortable enough to slowly introduce some form of sleep training to Sophie as she got older. And that's what worked for me. But I remember getting a lot of judgment and almost feeling like I don't really want to tell people about that because I don't want them to say oh, you don't love Sophie enough or oh, that's going to impact her developmentally because she feels as though she's left on her own too much and all, all these kinds of things. And I think that the biggest piece of advice that I can give other parents is to, yeah, just do what feels comfortable to you. If you've reached a point where you are like, 
my mental health isn't isn't coping with the lack of sleep or uh, just something has got to give, something has got to change. Look, look out there and research and f- and feel it out. Feel 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 what feels comfortable to you. As silly as that sounds, and you know you don't have to stick to just one method either. You can give something a little go. You can trial something and see if it works. There's been occasions over the two years that we've had Soph that she's ended up in the bed with us because she has been so upset in the middle of the night and my husband and I think, oh God, just put Papa on the bed so we can all just go back to sleep. And that has never worked for us. We All, all three of us end up just being awake then. Whereas some babies hop in the bed with their mum and dad and in, are instantly comforted and go back to sleep. For us, we found that slowly introducing Sophie to the concept of resettling herself as she got older and being okay with putting herself back to sleep that worked for us and we feel comfortable and happy in that and that's probably an approach that we're going to trial with Eddie too it's really funny because when Sophie was a little newborn we would have to rock her and rock her and rock her to sleep it was the only way that she would fall asleep if we put her down in her cot straight away she would wake back up crying and so we felt that Eddie would probably be similar and it's been interesting because he is not a little dude that likes to be rocked he likes to be placed down and to kind of just have his own space which has been really interesting and a little bit of a blessing in disguise right because if your baby gets used to rocking then I remember I had to go cold turkey stop with stopping rocking Sophie because I fell pregnant with Eddie and I could no longer pick her up so yeah I think just it, it can be so hard enough as it is as a parent feeling as though you're doing the right thing by your baby and I think if you're having those thoughts of is this the right thing I mean a bad parent's not going to be thinking about those about those kinds of things so just do what feels comfortable for you there are so many resources out there um, but also in saying that just be careful not everyone you come across on Instagram that says that they're a sleep consultant is a sleep consultant I mean There are so many different people's opinions on what sleep training looks like. Aside from how and where you get your baby to sleep, there are a few universally loved and acknowledged items that no matter which mom I speak to can test to helping their babies get to sleep. So if you're a first time mom out there or you're pregnant and you're about to have your baby, it might be worth tuning into this because no matter who I speak to, Pretty much every single parent I know uses a sleep suit. So when you have your baby in the hospital, they will usually um, swaddle them with a muslin wrap. And that's fantastic because you can get a muslin to, to swaddle pretty tightly and it mimics what they feel like in the womb. But it can be tricky to swaddle and unswaddle a baby throughout the night. And it can be time consuming and they can sometimes wriggle out of it as well if they start to get a little bit bigger and boisterous. So most parents I know opt for starting with a sleep suit pretty much as some even pack them. I I know I packed my sleep suits in the hospital bag and I got both my kitties straight onto that. And it just means that you can undo one zip in the night if you need to do a nappy change and zip them back up. It is handy to have a couple in the same size and the same tog rating on hand though because if they wet themselves or do a little spewy in the night, um, you want to be able to put them back in one straight away. So I just mentioned togs. I don't actually know what if, it, if TOG stands for anything, 
But essentially, sleep suits come in togs, tog ratings. So there's like uh, 0.1, I believe, and they go up to 3.5 potentially. Don't quote me on that. But that number indicates how warm that sleep suit is. So for example, in summer, you might want a 0.1 or a 0.2 tog or a 1 tog. Whereas right now in winter in Brisbane, I've got Eddie in a 2.5 tog, a sleep onesie and a singlet underneath. When it gets really cold in winter or you live somewhere that's a lot colder like New South Wales or Tassie or something, you'd want to go up to that 3.5 tog. It's really important to not have your baby in like a beanie or things that can obstruct their airways. So keep that, um, keep that in mind. Other things that I have found and after speaking to lots of mums have found really helpful is a white noise machine. So a white noise machine is essentially something that plays a sound that is supposed to block out background noise to help your body and brain go into a deeper sleep. And they've done some research around this and have found that it actually does um, does do exactly that. And I can even contest myself when we first put the white noise machine on. I was like, oh my God, I'm going into such a deep sleep. It's actually quite interesting. So um, I know that there are really expensive ones on the market that have like uh, essential oils and lights and all that kind of stuff and they can recharge instead of being battery operated. Um, so you pay more for that and if that's something you, that you want to invest in. But honestly, we picked up like a $15 one from Baby Bunting that just pay, plays four different types of white noise it is battery operated though so you've just got to keep that in mind that every few I want to say months every few months you have to replace the batteries it's got pretty good longevity in terms of um, battery life something else that when I speak to other parents um, I find that is super helpful for helping your baby and your newborn or your toddler get into a better sense of overnight sleep is having some sort of structured evening routine. Now, I know a lot of families um, have work and other commitments that they need to um, juggle, especially around that 4, 5, 6 p.m. But if you can have certain things in the evening around the same time, such as having dinner around the same time and then having a bath and then having their pajamas and a sleep suit and a story, whatever that looks like to you, whatever that routine is that signals that they're about to go to bed for a longer stretch of time is really, really beneficial. Whilst they're a newborn, they have obviously no concept of time or what the hell is going on. But I can tell you that as they get older, Sophie now, when she's having her dinner, she'll start saying bubble bath or story or bed. So she understands that when she's having that dinner, certain things are going to start to happen afterwards. And once we've had the bath with her and she's got her pajamas on, she runs into her room ready to read her book. So I think that if you can start as early as possible to have some sort of routine, um, it, it will set them up for success in the longer run. So that's what we're doing with Eddie now. At the same time, he'll have his milk in the evening and then he has a little bubble bath and then we kind of just chill out with him for a bit and then we go into getting him to go to sleep. I think my last piece of advice um, from one mum to another on the whole sleep thing is to just understand and look up 
something called awake windows. So before I had Sophie, I had literally no idea what an awake window was, but essentially it's just a fancy way of saying that this block of time based on your baby's age is how long they should roughly be awake for before they go back to sleep. And it's funny because you would think that a more tired baby is going to want to sleep longer for um, at night, but it actually is not <laughs> um, interrelated. It does quite the opposite. A, a overtired and overstimulated baby is harder to get to sleep. So essentially awake windows uh, when you've got a little newborn, I think that they will stay awake for maybe between 30 and 60 minutes. It sounds like a very short amount of time. And then as they get older, they push that limit a little bit, a little bit more. So Eddie's 13 weeks old now and he's staying awake for, I think that they can stay awake for up to two hours. He's not quite there. He's he's more at like an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes I can find. And then he's ready to go to sleep again. So if you want your baby to be asleep um, and you want bedtime to start around 6 p.m., for example, work backwards based on your baby's age for that appropriate awake window. So, for example, if your baby needs to be awake and is awake for around two hours, then their last nap needs to be finishing at around 4 p.m. Now, I'm not a sleep expert. I'm not a health expert. But I have found that these awake windows generally really do help in aiding for that better overnight sleep. Um, if you just seriously pop into Google baby awake windows based on age, there's a lot of resources um, from, from professionals around that and you'll be able to get the designated and the correct amount of time. As I said earlier, sleep is such a controversial topic um, and if there's one thing that you can take away is to just do what right that just do what feels right to your family and for you um, because at the end of the day every baby is different every, every family structure is different and um, no matter what sleep looks like to you as long as it's done safely and in a way that everyone is able to get a maximum amount of sleep and um, is able to nurture their sort of mental health and all that kind of stuff, that's what's really important. If you've got to use a dummy, use a dummy. If you've got to rock your baby or have a contact nap, have a contact nap. You're not going to... Um, sorry, Sophie. You're not going to do wrong by your baby if they've got to have a, have a sleep on you in the carrier or if they've got to sleep on you on the couch during the day while you're awake. I think just the most important thing is to be informed, know what options are out there, know what um, from a psychological point, point of view, from a structural point of view, what does sleep look like for babies? Like what is the science behind that? Be informed and then make that decision that's best for you um, and your family. That's all I've got time for for today, guys. It's a bit of a shorter, um, more chaotic episode, as I mentioned. I had planned to have an episode up today um, chatting to my husband and his experiences of postpartum and going from one to two kiddies, but that audio file um, didn't want to play ball today. So I'm hoping to have that re-recorded and back up for you next week. Again, if you're listening to this and you've been through postpartum once, twice, three times, whatever and um, you want to have a chat I would absolutely love to get in touch with you so just shoot me a message on Instagram and hopefully I can get a little cadence of ladies together that want to share their experiences for our little community that we're building I hope you have a fantastic week and we will um, chat again next Monday thank you